Good evening, and welcome to episode 25 of Nightmare Theater, an open book club for nightmares. If you have nightmares that you'd like me to read later in the stream, or next week, send them as an email to theforgottengrove at gmail.com. This week, uh, I interviewed someone who has narcolepsy. Now, this isn't necessarily the spookiest of parasomnias, but it is very interesting, and it's one that uh, there's certainly a lot of public interest towards. So I think the interview went pretty well. Still a little bit awkward from time to time, but you'll see uh, see for yourself. And I'll be reacting to it alongside you here. Give me a shout if you think that the volume needs to be adjusted. But without further ado, please enjoy this interview I did with Sleepy Devon. One in 2,000 people have narcolepsy. It's said to be caused by a number of triggers, including autoimmune attack in the brain, or by something like an infection during childhood or teen years. These events affect cells that produce hypocretin, or orexin, which is a neuropeptide hormone produced in the hypothalamus that exerts important influences over sleep, arousal, appetite, and energy expenditure. Any disturbance to this hormone can result in narcolepsy, and it doesn't have to be autoimmune. Uh, anyway, today I'd like to uh, give a warm welcome to Sleepy Devon, who will talk about their experience as a narcoleptic. Welcome. Hello, thank you for having me here. Awesome. I just realized my light's not on, but now it is. Perfect. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so in, uh, uh, in the media, narcolepsy is, of course, always portrayed as someone who just kind of straight up falls asleep from time to time, whether they're behind the wheel of the car or, you know, in the middle of the forest, <laughs> wherever you are, just, you know, falling asleep and excessive daytime sleepiness, I suppose. And I, I was wondering if that's if there's any truth to that, if that's ever happened to you. So, yes and no. With the media, it tends to portray symptoms of cataplexy in which they fall over quite suddenly. And so I don't quite experience that, but I know those who do, like they're awake when it happens. For me, it's um, when I'm sitting down at a place, I'm, the excessive daytime sleepiness just kind of kicks in and then I'll start to get kind of like slower. And then within like a few minutes, I'll be I'll be asleep if I'm sitting down too long. So uh, humorously, it's happened on a date once. I ate dinner and they were still eating. I passed right out on them. <laughs> oh no. Well, yeah, that's that's not good. <laughs> First date, I assume. Yeah, so uh, we were friends, but it didn't go, it didn't last. Uh, uh, too bad, too bad. Anyway, um, so, but, but you were mentioning that when you, it's, you know, related to when you slow down or become kind of less active, it actually comes up more? Yeah, so it would, um, in a good example, every single class I've ever had, like I'm sitting down for that 90 minute period and sometime between that time I tend to fall asleep within a five to 10 minute window and miss the lecture. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> have you ever had like a teacher get angry they didn't like know or something like that yes um i had one experience where i was able to take a study abroad trip and i wasn't quite diagnosed yet but i knew something was wrong and so i was overseas in china and i'm from the united states and no matter like what i expressed to her i felt 
I felt really bad because it was kind of like, I'm sleepy, I don't know why, I'm probably gonna fall asleep in the class. And it happened every single day and she was very, she was very on me about it. Like, you're gonna fail the class. And so um, oh, that no. was an interesting experience to have. Wow. Uh, so was there ever a time in your life where you didn't have narcolepsy? And if so, do you remember there being an illness or an event that triggered it? So my onset was about 14, 15 years old. And so before I had it, I remember being pretty like normal teenager. And so what I, I don't believe there was ever a illness that triggered it, but I wonder if I hit my head one too many times um, and that might have been a trigger or if it was more genetic. Were you doing a lot of like head hitting sort of activities at the time? I used to be very into ripstick riding, those little two wheel skateboards. And so oh. one time in particular, I was riding back home from my middle school and I clunked a piece of the sidewalk just right. And I, I remember flying up like five feet in the air and then hitting my head, but that was probably like the dramatic teenage uh, moment when you fall like that. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. And, and so now how long have you had it for? And so I'm 22 now. So okay. my symptoms have been going on for about seven years. Do you know, I, I didn't look this up. Do you know if it ever can get like better, like go away? I actually, I did look this up recently. And so they say once you hit your 60s, it can um, probably go away a little bit by then. But um, of course, by the time you're 60, you're kind of tired and used to it. Well, <laughs> you're so. tired anyway. <laughs> you're tired anyway at that point. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have this uh, narcolepsy chart that I found. I actually forgot to uh, post it, I should have. But anyway, there are a few types of narcolepsy that I was reading about, type one, type two, and idiopathic hypersomnia. And I was wondering if you knew whether or not you had any one of those types of narcolepsy. Yeah, so I am pretty sure I have the type two. And so for the viewers, type one has cataplexy and type two is without. While with idiopathic hypersomnia, you just have a hard time like waking up um and so i wake pretty easy but my i experience um daytime sleepiness and then like very lucid dreams and hallucinations okay and so if, for me i believe it's definitely type two yeah that makes sense i have my chart up now and i'll show it uh in i'll edit it in for the audience to look at but uh, i wanted to go through sort of each of the symptoms you know just to I guess, go through with you to see how you arrived at the type two uh, idea. So of course you have excessive daytime sleepiness. Um, and then I was also going to ask uh, another, it says for type two, sometimes they'll have sleep paralysis. Have you ever had sleep paralysis? Not that I know of, no. Okay. But you did mention that you have had hallucinations. Yes, I get hallucinations pretty frequently as I'm about to fall asleep. Okay. Hmm. What, what, like, what are they usually? And so usually, and it's especially noticeable if I'm talking to someone and it's late night, I'm trying to go to sleep, but it's a tendency for me to hit rim real fast. So before I even like go to sleep, it's like I'm hitting rim 
Oh, that's and interesting. So the other day I was having like a very serious conversation about like moving an apartment and all of a sudden I'm talking to my sister about her curly hair. So that conversation, it was like, it was apartment, apartment, apartment. And then I intrude with, man, I think my hair is getting like healthier. And the friend went along with it, but it took me a second to realize like that conversation was not real. And I just intervened with this random ass thing into my, my life conversation. Oh, wow. That's, that's really interesting. Like I've never heard of a hallucination like that. Like in, I, I mean, I mostly have been looking at kind of the scarier parasomnies, of course. So it's either just kind of dots, like very mild stuff, like seeing dots. I see dots when I'm very tired, just like in the corner of my eyes. Uh, but they can they can be enough to freak you out. But and then all the way up to just like you know full on like sleep paralysis demons or whatever. But I've, I've never heard of just imagined conversations. That's really interesting. Yeah. Any, yeah. Uh... Oh, um, I'm gonna yeah hallucinations. I don't quite understand them, but I know it's definitely a spectrum of the severity and like least severity they are. But I yeah it's it's like a movie flashback. Like I'll be sitting in a chair. And just um, all of a sudden, my reality is just like switched, and it only lasts for a few seconds as I like enter in and out of like wakefulness and dream-like state. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um, so I know you said something earlier about cataplexy. I don't recall. Did you say that you have it or you don't have it? I don't have it to my okay. knowledge. Um, cataplexy onsets with extreme emotions and it's present within type one. I don't tend to have like extreme surprise emotions. So I wonder too, if that's a factor in if I were to show it or not, but um, as far as I know, no. And so I, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure if you defined it earlier, but just for the audience, cataplexy is extreme muscle weakness. And it's said that 70% of people with narcolepsy will have that. Yes. And mm. so it can be triggered by like laughter or if a friend like scares you. And so if you experience like a sudden change of emotions from like normal to like your heart, like, oh, that's fun. Then like that typically would be what triggers the cataplexy and you lose muscle um, tonus. And so this is what is portrayed in movies quite frequently with a narcoleptic when they fall over suddenly. And oh. it's interesting because it's like, when that happens, it's actually, they're not asleep. They're, they're wide awake, they just don't have that control within their bodies. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting too. Uh, have you ever had difficulty say, staying asleep during the night? Yes and no. And so with narcolepsy, I think it just comes down into having a healthy like day-to-day -day habit and so if you stay on top of it then you can sometimes sleep well during the night but it's not it's not for everyone everyone's different and narcolepsy is a spectrum and so I as long as I like don't eat or drink two hours before I go to bed or um I don't just know no shenanigans before bed so uh, we can have time for your body to like calm down then I sleep through the night fairly easy and then I wake up Anytime like something were to trigger me, like an alarm or just like a partner moving or something like that. That can wake you up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Interesting. And then like, you'll often just not be able to get back to sleep. Um, for me, it depends. And so 
Um, okay. Sometimes I can just roll over and I can be right back to sleep within minutes. Well, that would certainly be ideal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you ever feel that you have had a, a restorative, restful sleep? Because this is another thing that uh, some some narcoleptics, apparently, I wouldn't know, but some have never had what they felt was a restful sleep. Um, so having it for as many years, um, it's hard for me to really give an exact yes or no to that. With narcolepsy, they say the feeling we have each day is about equivalent to staying up for 48 hours. So if you go two days without rest, that's about equivalent to how we would feel. And so um, wow. it's, it's strange because I think I, I feel relatively used to it, but I also feel like I'm on a battery that dies really fast. So whereas if I get a normal eight hours of sleep, and normal people could power through the day and go to sleep that night without naps. My my battery drains close to one to two, and I would typically need a nap then. Otherwise, I'm gonna likely hallucinate during like events in the evening. Wow. Um, so, like how like what amount of nap? How long of a nap is is good enough to recharge you in the afternoon? I I've been putting it about an hour. And so I don't have a consistent schedule yet, being a college student, which isn't ideal with narcolepsy, but I, I try to set an hour aside for the day to give me time to like at least fall asleep and then wake up within that time frame. Okay. So about 45 minutes a total of naps, or 20 if I'm feeling emotional that day and can't sleep. Interesting. All right. And this is a bit of an interjection, but out of curiosity, like kind of, it was kind of coming back to one of the first things we talked about, but can you, because when you're more active, you tend to be more awake. If you're feeling tired and you like exercise or something, do you feel yourself waking up more? Yes, a little bit. And so that would likely delay my, that, that delays my sleepiness for sure. If I decide I'm going to go for a run rather than nap. And so it definitely recharges me, but I would still probably crash soon after the nap or the run, <laughs> my bad. Okay, so so like you feel like extra tired following it, would you say? Um, I would say the usual tired, but it's been delayed. Okay, interesting. And then I had another kind of just curious, like curiosity question. So. Is there a time or an activity where you're doing something where you feel the most awake? The most awake? That's a good question. I'm With the pandemic, it has thrown off my schedule a little bit. So I've been working and going to school from home. So my most awake period would uh, be a lot different today that I used to have. And so I would put it about like, close before bedtime funny enough for these days because I would usually be trying to grind out as much last minute homework as I can and then that, that keeps me energized until like I get it turned in then I'm like okay we gotta we gotta stop <laughs> okay interesting what do you study out of curiosity I am an architect student right now oh okay okay um so I think I, I think I've got a question that maybe 
is related to that later. But anyway, so do you ever experience sleep drunkenness or confusional arousal, waking up disoriented and confused is what that means for the audience. Yes, um, it depends on how much restfulness I've had during like the week. And so if I'm not taking care of myself, I'm more likely to experience that versus not. And so really, it's just um, it, if I experience it, it's like, oh, I got to go to sleep. But um, I guess um, maybe right now, even I feeling a little like out of it but not too out of it i did not take a nap today which was foolish of me but um it just it goes down to this where like i start losing my train of thought and then i start trying to decide words and i can't figure out a word to say i think that if we could have this interview end by you just falling asleep on me that would be perfection honestly (laughs) (laughs) that would be (laughs) yeah um but uh yeah could you like describe like what that feels like the sleep drunkenness or the confusional arousal like when it does happen because it sounds spooky almost right like, like just waking up and not knowing what's going on like and like if you've had that you know please describe that experience it is it's um i sometimes i don't sleep especially if i don't sleep within the same household i'm just, I'm staying at and I wake up in a different place it tends to be a very surreal experience where I wonder like am I still dreaming and then I have to like take a second to like know my surroundings um Mm. if I'm at home it's more of a matter of like losing track of time um kind of laying there and it's like 7 a.m at one point all of a sudden it's like 9 30 and that whole time frame is just like a days where like I think my partner like left the house or I don't know if they did and so like once I'm fully awake I have to like look out the window and try to see if their car's there because I don't remember them leaving or if I remember anyone like coming home or just um having like a lack of sense of like like what my train of thought is if something's real or not real hmm Interesting. That kind of sounds like a a lot of people, myself included, when we just have an afternoon nap that starts during the day and wake up after dark. I've heard a lot of people who don't have like narcolepsy describe that, or I guess that is what confusional arousal is. Like like you just feel like you're still in the dream in a way and you're not sure. That's really interesting. Oh yeah. That just, that's exactly what it feels like um, for the audience. It's, um, waking up and it's dark and it's still you still have your day right cool uh i already asked if you hallucinate that was interesting and then is there anything that you avoid doing because of your narcolepsy not completely i would say with narcolepsy you can pretty much do everything a normal person does i try to avoid heavy breakfasts in the morning so like I would rather go for fruit over bread. And then I tend to be the old lady of my friend group where I try not to stay out past like 1 a.m. Okay. But there's no like activity where it's like, I guess, dangerous to fall asleep. Like what about like driving on like a long road trip or something? Because like even normal people almost fall asleep, right? Like not, you know, you know know what I mean by normal. People who don't have narcolepsy. (laughs) 
Yes. So uh, those with narcolepsy, we do have to be a little extra careful about our driving. Um, I've been newly diagnosed, truth be said, like even though I've had my symptoms for so many years, I've only been working with my doctor for about three months since my like official diagnosis. While during that time frame, I've been driving quite frequently. She is very adamant that I do not drive without medications. And so what I would say to that is to know your limits and be careful. So if I exceed 30 minutes and I feel myself getting tired, I pull over at Quick Trip and I get like a drink. Uh, Quick Trip's a Midwestern gas station. Mm -hmm. Um, And to get like a five hour energy or something, if I'm going through something like for the day or if I'm heading home, I'll just head home as soon as I can and get that nap in. Okay. Makes sense. Has there ever been a time where you actually felt like you, you maybe had like a close call in terms of your safety and, and falling asleep? I mean, other than, I mean, you already gave the, the date example, which is like kind of, kind of sketchy, but I mean, obviously like if you're in a public place, you're fine. But like, has there ever been like a time, you know, it could be driving, could be anything where you, where you actually felt like, well, that was like a close call. Yes, unfortunately, and this is why um, I'm at battles with my doctor, because um, I am tw- like being 22 now, but when I was early on with my narcolepsy, about 16, 17, I was working a job at an amusement park, and those shifts got easily really long from like about 12 hours, and so I remember driving home once, and I fell asleep at a red light. And I ended up kissing the lady's car right in front of me. And so I remember like all of a sudden, like wide awake, like, oh my God, what have I done? Oh no. And, and so on the lady, she, she reminded me of the gentleman from Lilo and Stitch with the ice cream cone. Cause she was holding like an ice cream cone. She had some sunglasses and she was really calm. She like got out of her car and she looks at her car. She looks at mine. She's like, you fell asleep? And I was like, oh, yes, yes. I'm so sorry, ma'am. She's like, go home. <laughs> And so that's um, after that incident was when I like was like, wow, there's something wrong. But I never had the resources to pinpoint it. But that was when I got into my habits of like no more than this amount. And if I'm tired, take caution, because that was scary for sure. Interesting. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, And then, right. Another thing I was going to ask you, are, are there any uh, of your daily behaviors or anything that was that you do b- inspired by your narcolepsy. So uh, I was kind of curious about that earlier with asking, you know, what you were studying, but I mean, maybe architecture is inspired by narcolepsy, but perhaps not, perhaps not. Anyway, are there any daily behaviors or anything that you do that might be inspired by it or that you do differently because you know you have it? Yeah, so I would say yes to both with that and architecture. Oh, yeah. I with my vivid dreams it really drives my creativity so i have like a google document of my dreams that i try to record sometimes like through through phases where i don't record them but i've got like 70 pages now worth of these crazy stories of like um usually i'm pursued by like the government which i don't know maybe that goes into like a nightmare thing Mm. but it's like i tend to be like a not like a ninja quite but i've got like all those cool like action movie moves and i've got like all this stuff in a document so i try to work on comics now but i'm not i'm not good at comics and that's with architecture school it's more so like 
um, taking that creativity and then putting it into uh, a structure. But I'm about to take a year off and I'm excited to kind of just work with art, dive into art. And then I've been working on a Etsy page with like enamel pins lately that I just, um, with all this creativity, I suppose, I, I try to put it wherever I can within my daily activities. All right, cool. Um, so I, I actually didn't know, I hadn't read that about narcolepsy and vivid dreams. So you have vivid dreams, like yeah. every night? Uh, just about every night. Oh, they, wow. I tend to get, that's why I, I tend to get them mixed up with reality sometimes because it feels very real to me. But those details within it, I realize that's not, that's not legit. And I'm able to try to distinguish that. But usually that's what contributes to like my sleep drunkenness in the morning is like waking up from this dream that I swore was my reality and then realizing what my reality is and what my reality isn't. Interesting. And now, you know, I got to ask, because this is nightmare theater. What about vivid nightmares? Yeah. So for me, the scariest ones are those that like something happens to my family or I miss like an important deadline. And so it would have to be based off like real stuff. And I realize I have like kind of senses of abandonment within some of my nightmares, but I don't, I don't know if I experience them like on like a crazy nightmare. Cause I think when I do have the nightmares of like a giant spider coming at me, I'm able to just like be a badass within my dream and take a sword and stab it. And I, I feel very like in control of them. So I don't know if it bothers me, but sometimes there's serious ones where I get like a friend that's like, I hate you that that really hits me in the heart but like oh uh, so <laughs> you're usually like semi-lucid though yeah okay. um, and so that goes to something like um i remember once like i think my sisters died in the dream and i started crying really hard because like they, those two are like my most they're my world and all of a sudden I like I stopped and like this is a dream fuck this I like rewinded time and then I got to like replay the moment so that way they're like they're back with me they're okay they're safe and nice. so I don't lucid until it's like an emergency like that is what I've noticed but I'm hoping to gain more control of that because I don't like to encounter those terrifying thoughts right what would you say was your your most terrifying nightmare ever There's this one I had when I was young, and there was a puppy like running around. And I was like, "Oh, this is this is a really cute puppy." And my mom picks up the puppy, and she's like, "Yeah, it is a cute puppy." And all of a sudden, her face like morphed into the like underwater fish thing with those like really long teeth. Anglerfish. Yes, <laughs> anglerfish. My bad. And yeah like she she bit the puppy's head off and ate it and i'm like having that image of like my mom's face with like the long angler teeth and that's... that puppy that's no longer a puppy ish it oh, was just no. um it was dark that's brutal <laughs> and then the dream ended there pretty much like did you lucid your way out of that one 
I, I was too young to, to know. Okay. Um, right. It was it was a young one, but it, it stuck with me that that one was very like. Yeah, angler. Wow. <laughs> Anglerfish are some of the ugliest like animals on the planet, aren't they? Uh, that'd be unpleasant for sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know if they're ugly per se, but yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> well, creepy. I'll be sure to edit in a picture of one, and we can pull the audience on whether or not they think it's ugly. Yeah, <laughs> they can sure comment if they if they think it's ugly or if they think it's cute. Um, I'd be curious to know. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Um, is there anything about narcolepsy that you wish the world knew? And so what I wish the world knew is that the onset of it tends to be within teenage years. And that's what causes it to get underdiagnosed so frequently because we have these teenagers that are starting to fall asleep in random places and we brush it off as like lazy, busy, or if they're overreacting or hormonal, which I get it. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's, it's something that just it's overlooked. And so if you have a sleepy friend and if um, if there's a sleepy teenager that, you know, like get them to a doctor. So like if the early intervention, I think, would make things a lot easier for narcoleptics. Yeah, I actually find myself thinking about sleepy people I've known throughout the years and they definitely were not diagnosed as narcoleptic. But yeah, that's. I'm now kind of wondering because it's you know not always as extreme as we see in the media. Uh, but thanks for talking with me today, Sleepy Devon, and feel free to give a shout out or plug to anything, perhaps your Etsy. Yes, and so my Etsy, I'm gonna my Etsy and my Instagram is at Sleepy Devon. I've been working on some art and merch, and I'm about to drop a Godzilla enamel pin but I hope to work on some narcolepsy awareness bits here soon. All right. Awesome. Thanks so much. Oh, thank you. And I hope you have a wonderful day. You too. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I really enjoyed watching that again, actually. I'd, I'd forgotten how much fun that was. So yeah, again, thanks to Sleepy Devon. Uh, I got to remember to share this with her uh, later. <laughs> uh, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, I'm sure you did. And now, let's move on to reading some nightmares from Reddit. This is a post by usernamed UniqueUserName952. The post is titled, A Nightmare That Hurt Me Hard Inside. The post reads, Context, I rarely have nightmares, but when I do, they're bad. FYI, it's a nightmare. It's not going to make sense. <laughs> okay. I lived in an apartment complex with everyone I knew. They had a party, but something strange happened. Everyone who ate the food wanted to kill me. I called them robots. I managed to escape back to my room before they could kill me, but it was too late for my mom. She charged at me, and I'm forced to run. I get outside and see that almost everyone is infected. I start running and see a car bomb go off next to the building and they stop chasing me to help the injured. I thought to myself, thank god for car bombs. I run through many forests and fields and I find a few kids along the way. I take them in as my own. They were terrified, hysterical that the world was ending, but I managed to keep them safe 
till we find a highway on the other side of the massive forest. It's a death wish to cross, but I was dumb. We ran across. One of the young five-year-old boys got left behind. I still feel kind of bad for him. I should have carried him. Maybe he'd still be alive somewhere in the back. Sorry, alive somewhere in my head. Back to the story. We get across and get to the forest where the robots won't find us. We start walking through and then see it, and it, it was all in vain. The poor kid didn't have to die. We say hundreds of buildings infested with robots and with the others behind us, where uh, we were trapped. We realized our mistake and also realized that there was no more places to hide. We accepted fate and fell down in despair. And dream still gives me chills, even though it was in my head. My own selfishness led to a kid dying a horrible death. Even though none of it's real, I'd do anything to save that kid. You may think I'm exaggerating, but you'd feel the same way if you saw an inno innocent young kid die because of you. Man, that hit me harder than it should have. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed my traumatic, traumatic experience. Kind people of Reddit. Hmm. So, interesting. I mean, at first, uh, I thought that it might have been a dream about guilt because you're encountering, you know, just all these people who are angry at you for no reason, except that your reaction to them wasn't guilty. You basically, you know, told them to pound sand and whatnot, and you just started running. Um, but then, of course, the guilt does creep in later uh, when you're, you're basically taking other innocent people uh, maybe, maybe the children, maybe like the all the people represent society or something like that. We live in a society, of course, um, and uh, you know there all these children that you're collecting. They're like innocents like you who maybe aren't are not yet uh, influenced in any way. Um, and maybe maybe you're a teacher. I don't know. Like maybe you have someone that you're guiding in your life, and you just feel maybe the pressure of responsibility of leadership that could be part of what this nightmare is about um i don't know if something like even more specific specific than that occurred where maybe there was an individual that you gave bad advice to which could be you know what this nightmare is representing uh told them to go against the grain and they got burned for it something like that uh, but that would be you know a much more specific interpretation robots again yeah just kind of represent maybe like sheeple or like people that uh, don't really think for themselves um yeah so i feel like that's pretty much all that i wanted to say about that hope you got something out of it thanks to sleepy devon great interview i agree this is a post by a user named samlet bird the post is titled, My Dad Was Forced to Watch. The post reads, I don't normally have nightmares, but I do have vivid dreams. I also normally dream in the first person, like I'm the main character in my dreams. So I usually have some influence on what happens. Part of the problem is that this was not the case in this one. My nightmare took place as if I was a bystander. In it, 
My dad was trying to find his daughter, who had been kidnapped. In reality, I'm his only male child. But in the dream, he had a daughter, who was not, uh, who was not me. You know how nonsensical stuff somehow seems perfectly normal in dreams? Yeah, it was like that. He found his daughter, being held by some unsavory mafia types, and they agreed to give her back, so I thought, ah, good. They forced her to crawl on her knees to my dad. Uh, she was in her early 20s. Okay. Wow, uh, sorry. Um, I'm reading ahead a bit. She was in her early 20s, pretty, wearing a dirty white sundress, and she had a ponytail. She was covered in bruises, and I just knew she'd been abused badly. I started thinking, this isn't something my dad needs to see, but it got so much worse. She stopped crawling and started to convulse and scream. The front of her dress soaked through with blood and then tore. I watched as her chest and stomach split open like she'd been vivisected. Her guts spilled out all over the floor and dozens of these little eel things burrowed out of her open chest cavity and flopped all over the floor. She was alive as this happened, still screaming. I remember trying to cover my dad's eyes because I didn't want him to see something like this, uh, but uh, it was like I wasn't there. He saw it all. Then I woke up and st stared at the ceiling for a good hour trying to get this out of my head. No such luck. The gore isn't really what disturbed me. It was that my dad had to watch. My dad is a really gentle, sensitive soul. He can't watch horror movies or gets nightmares. He puts bugs back outside instead of swatting them. The idea that he would have to watch something so gruesome happen to his own child is what disturbs me the most. Something like that would absolutely destroy him. He would never recover from that in real life. I didn't want to talk about this with anyone in my real life because it shook me up too much, but I just had to get it out. That is... Actually, that's more horrific than I was expecting it to be. Uh, I was expecting it to take a, a turn that I wouldn't be able to read on the channel, of course, but that... Uh, I mean, this was actually kind of even worse than that, and, and I read it anyway, but anyway. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, it almost sounds like partly inspired by the movie Alien or something, right? Like, she's just having just these disgusting... That's, like, actually, like, incredible imagery that you have there, just with the eels, like, bursting out of her chest cavity. Um, I feel like there doesn't really need to be a whole lot of interpretation here. I think that you understand what this is about for the most part. Um, right? Like, maybe you just feel... Like, you have to be careful with your dad's feelings. Maybe you have some behavior or you feel like you want to walk on eggshells is the wrong term, but you know what I mean. Just watch what you're choosing to do with your life because of how it might affect your dad. Um, right, that could be what this is uh, trying to tell you, what your brain is trying to tell you here. Um, yeah, I don't think that it necessarily has to mean like i mean one other interpretation of this right is that maybe like on some level you think maybe he wish that he had a, a daughter but again like i don't get the sense of you feeling like jealous or anything in this dream so i would not go with that interpretation i think that you yeah just like have like a better um i think you have a pretty good sense of what's going on here i put a spider outside in january once 
and it died on step three. That's terrible. So you gave it a slower, colder death than it would have had if you just smushed it. <laughs> How sad. This is a post by a user named God is Away on Business. The post is titled My First Nightmare. The post reads I come from what you may call problematic family. I've had anxiety and depression for as long as I can remember. I can't remember a time I've been happy since maybe age three or so. Uh, I was about five when one of the worst nightmares I've ever had manifested in my sleep. I remember in dream, the dream, sorry. I woke up in a strange house and wandered outside. It was a field, and in the distance there was a shack kind of building. I could hear the wailing of a baby, and I had to go and save the baby. Something in my dream told me that someone or something horrible was around, and I needed to save the crying child. As I walked to the shack, the wails became louder and louder. I walked inside, and it was almost barn-like, with hay and dirt covering the floor. There was a bassinet in the corner, where the walls were coming from. I walked closer, even though a dread filled in the pit of my stomach as I approached the bassinet. When I reached the crying child, it was covered in a blanket, but I had to check on it to see what was wrong. I pulled the blanket off the child, only to see a deformed creature. Like a child, but with monstrous features. The horrid proportions, and just obviously not fit for life. I recoiled in horror, and the cries of the child became louder and louder, and in the dream I placed my hands over my ears to stop the horrible sound, but nothing helped. It became louder and louder. That mutant child's screams pierced through my head, and I woke up screaming in utter terror. Not much to say after that. My mom heard me and told me I was being ridiculous and I was shut alone in my room again. I spent the night crying and afraid to go to sleep. Pretty much since this experience, I've had vivid nightmares almost every night of my life. The only relief I've ever found is substance abuse, which I know is absolutely not a good idea. I've tried medications to stop nightmares. I've done everything I can. The other night, I dreamed that four cornered me and took turns raping me. This was one of the first sexual assault dreams I've had in a long time. I'm just saying this because the nightmares are getting worse and I can't take this anymore. I don't want to go to sleep because I know I'm going to be in terror. I just want the, the blackness. I don't want the dreams anymore. Okay. I might end that there. There's a lot more sort of personal, uh, you know, going on. But what I can say is about the nightmare um, is I had, so I'm kind of curious to know whether or not you have a younger sibling. That That's my first thought there. So this dream when you're five, there, there are two sort of ways that I'm looking at this. One is that it's a dream about yourself and you're seeing yourself from your parents' perspective uh, because you're seeing yourself as, um, you know, just a super hideous, ugly thing. And you're still pretty close to being 
a baby, I guess, when you're five. And maybe you're seeing the needs of the baby as being ugliness and just annoyance, right? Because it's just getting louder and louder. Um, and maybe you're, you're waking up in terror is your fear that in having needs you are alienating yourself from your parent because, and I mean, I'm only able to like make this kind of assumption because you also then say my mom heard me and told me I was being ridiculous and I was shut alone in my room again. Obviously that's some pretty extreme uh, parenting. I mean, right from, uh, from a, from a five-year-old for a five-year-old. I mean, you know, just to have uh, everything kind of like shut out to that extent. Um, Again, yeah, these are this is like almost too intense for my for my live stream to like like read the rest of it, uh, even though like I'm trying to be a bit scary here and a bit edgy. But um, yeah, I wish you the best with that. One other thing that I could suggest is uh, the one possible treatment for nightmares that can work for I think 70% or 75% of people. There was a study is hypnosis. Uh, so for example with um, nightmare disorder in particular which you may have it could be undiagnosed right uh, you can actually get hypnosis for that and it apparently works like more times than it doesn't so i'm not sure what sort of treatment options you've looked at but um, i hope that that helps um, yeah and sorry i didn't read the rest of the post it's just i don't know I, i'm trying to focus on that and on the nightmares and what i do here uh, but best of luck. Your life is never something you do to someone else. It's something that you do for yourself. I'm, yeah, I, I'm trying to think of what I said that was related to that, but I, I can't remember. Sorry. This is a post by a user named Scarlet Horizons. The post is titled, Worst Nightmare of My Life. The post reads, I regularly have nightmares, but I can usually lucid dream it into something fun. I once gave myself the ability to jump buildings to escape really slow zombies. Not sure why that seemed like a better idea than getting rid of the zombies, but it was fun. Occasionally, I can't lucid dream at all. I'm fully in the dream, and that feels real. That happened tonight. I've ended up sat here, unable to sleep with the lamp on. And that was after I had my partner wake... Uh, I, I had to wake my partner to make sure I wasn't still in the dream. On to the dream. I was having a nightmare where there were vampires. Not that scary, but it was a stressful dream. Something broke in the safe house and I had to go up to the top room. Uh, in an unused part of the house for another. Dead vampire in bed. Didn't know it was there, but somehow I knew it was supposed to be dead. It woke up as I was leaving, threw itself forward and landed on me, biting my neck. I woke up in bed, freaked out. Tried to wake my partner, but I couldn't. Felt like something was wrong, so I tried to turn on the lamp. It wouldn't come on. Tried my partner again nothing. Got up to turn the main light on. Wouldn't work. Saw something out of the open door on the stairs, like a human just stood there, almost uh, like the original grudge. I ran back into the room. 
It came flying in at speed on all fours and tackled me by the side of the bed. Suddenly gone. Lights on. Tried to wake my partner again. Screamed. Shouted. Sat him up as he was waking up. Uh, sat him up. As he was waking up, the lights went off again, and he was snoring again. I cuddled into him, screaming for him to wake up. Legs wrapped around him. Something tackled us out of bed and into the chest of drawers, screaming, shouting, more creatures randomly showing up. One of them started strangling me, lights randomly coming back on and then disappearing. Each time my partner was still crumpled by the chest of drawers, as I made my way back to him, the lights would go off and the attacks would start again. I managed to trap in one of the doors, Sorry, I managed to trap in one door as I tried to close it, eventually able to use the second phantom door. The door I was pushing was hinged to the door frame, but it was like a second door with a lock, and lock it. Phantom door then disappeared, showing the lock in the door frame. The lights eventually went on. I shut the real door. My partner was back in bed as though he'd never left and slowly sitting up as I turned the main light off and got in bed, with lamp still on. The dream ended with me putting my head on the pillow with the light still on. So when I actually woke up, the lights were off, and I was extremely freaked out. I woke my partner and asked to have the lamp on, because I wasn't convinced I was awake yet. He's fallen back to sleep now. I'm still sat here, unable to sleep. It's been an hour. That's really intense. Um, so, the first thing. That's really scary. That's a really scary nightmare. Like, this is a, like intense nightmares today. Um, I pick kind of longer ones. Maybe I should be doing that more often. Um, yeah, whoops. Wrong button. So I have added a second interpretation chart, but the first uh, thing that I feel from this is that it's a what's it called? Silent scream nightmare, right? Um, so silent scream because you keep like yelling at your partner and he keeps not waking up. Um, so that could either mean that you feel helpless or frustrated with some situation, or you feel like you don't have a voice or you aren't being heard in real life. And particularly in the context of this dream, it could be that you feel that you're not being heard by your partner or that there's danger that you're trying to warn your partner of and he's not like he's not able to see it coming. He's not getting out of the way of it. He's not avoiding it. And there's nothing you can do about it. To a certain extent, you feel helpless uh, in that regard. Um, but it seems like you're not so much concerned for his safety as you are for yours. So maybe what I would say is that it's it really isn't necessarily about your partner. I'm changing my interpretation somewhat. I think that it is more about you feel like you can't get, you know, what you need out of the situation. Like you feel like you can't get... Um, you feel like no matter how much you try, you're not going to be satisfied with fleeing some outcome or whatever is scaring you in the real world. There's something that's scaring you in the real world that nobody can protect you from, basically. That's what I'm trying to say. Sorry. 
I feel kind of off today. Um, yeah, and then for the first part of the dream, the vampire biting you. That's a harder one to interpret because uh, it, it really, like, there's no... I'm not sure really what a vampire represents other than that, just the surprise of it being dead and it just kind of biting you by accident is kind of interesting. It could indicate maybe you feel like you stumbled into a bad situation rather than navigated your way there or, you know, and whatever situation you stumbled your way into is then what you are unable to deal with um, and that you can't really get the help that you want for. That's how I would interpret that. Um, your name, username sounds familiar. I'm not sure if I've read one of yours before, but I hope you enjoyed that interpretation. A dream about harming uh, their dead by some choice. Your life is something you do to someone else. It is something you do for yourself. Oh, okay, yeah, the one. Yeah, that dream. Yeah, I was thinking that as well. Yeah, just like the thought of maybe the parent being afraid of doing something with your life that your parent maybe disapproves of. This was back way back for the guy who was watching his dad watch his daughter that didn't exist get exploded by worms. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's read one more. Normally, because I did a, a, a longer presentation or interview, I would cut. I would kind of make the stream go longer, but I feel very off tonight a little bit tired and these are these are pretty like intense nightmares anyway so i would imagine you're enjoying these this is a post by a user named iohu the post is titled recurring nightmares since i was three years old the post reads i just thought to myself I haven't had a nightmare in almost a year, which reminded me that this recurring nightmare I had growing up. About once a year, it would I would have the exact dream at some point throughout the year. This nightmare started when I was around three years of age and I'm now 35. My mom, dad, siblings and I are driving in a car headed to our town's putt-putt golf course. It's dreary outside, cloudy and looks as if it might rain. We pull up to an empty parking lot. Mom insists on going inside to pay. The building was a huge glass window, so I can clearly see the cash register area as well as everything else inside from my car seat. My mom is uh, walking up and then goes inside, and I notice all these mannequin heads displayed around the store, each one having a different hairstyle, different makeup, etc. Also, each mannequin face was very unique and different skin colors. My mom is white, my dad is black. Seeing these heads gave me the heebie-jeebies. I look around, searching for my mom, when I spot her looking at one of the mannequin heads, wondering, what is this place? And where is the putt-putt golf stuff that used to be here? Out of nowhere, my mom grabs her own head and pops it off. She grabs the mannequin head she was looking at, puts it on, and puts her head back on the display. I'm in complete shock and freaking out. My dad was acting nonchalant as if nothing was happening. My little sis and bro looked as traumatized as I felt. I remember thinking, please mom, don't turn around. Please don't turn around. Her back was facing us the entire time. 
My dream somehow zoomed in like a movie and slow motion up close to her face and she turns around and I can see that her face is not her face. That's not my mom. What's going on? I'm so scared. She finally walks out and gets back in the car with us. I'm paralyzed with fear and all I can do is stare. Everything about the face was different. The hair color, the eye color, everything. She talked about it as though she just bought a new purse or a pair of shoes. Like this is just a normal thing that people do. I always wake up as my dad starts to pull off. I've always wondered if this demented dream had some sort of meaning or not. It was one of those nightmares that give you a weird vibe that sticks with you for days and weeks afterwards. Wow. That's that's a great nightmare as well. Like these are all really great nightmares and I feel like I'm not reading them well tonight cuz I'm kind of tired. <laughs> anyway, but um yeah, there's a few ways that I could interpret this. So let's start with one of the ones on the new chart. So at first I was thinking it was a statue's nightmare. Uh, so if you look at the bottom of this chart here, statue because of all, all the mannequins right so a statue nightmare could mean that you're putting yourself or someone else on a pedestal uh, it could mean if there's multiple statues that you fear judgment from others that you view as uh, having like more authority over you or that you lack privacy now after listening to your nightmare i don't get the sense that this is what your dream is about like i, I, don't, I really don't think that this interpretation fits the nightmare um, the second interpretation that I would go with is an imposter nightmare. Um, so an imposter nightmare. Um, so let me just explain what that is briefly. So an imposter is where someone who is like a family member, a loved one, or a friend, they put, or they, you get the sense that they're not who they actually are, right? So it's like, you know, someone wearing... Uh, like a suit of your loved one, something like that, right? Um, so that's extremely unsettling, and often these dreams will end with you being, you know, dismembered or attacked by your loved one. Um, so, what an imposter nightmare can indicate. So your mother would be the imposter in this nightmare. It can indicate that you suspect that a person in real life is untrustworthy or not who they appear to be. That's one possibility. It can also be a warning to protect yourself, your information, or your psychological space. Um, so it could be partly that, um, you know, maybe maybe you think your mother's untrustworthy. But I actually think that this nightmare probably has a, another interpretation. Um, and it's probably, so take this with a grain of salt, because... I am not from a multicultural background myself, but I have friends who have parents of, you know, different cultural backgrounds, and they have mentioned to me at times that they sometimes experience confusion related to this. And the fact that you have, I've heard this actually from quite a few people, um, so just kind of wondering where they fit in and what their place is when their parents come from two different uh, cultures. Um, and like that, I think, is probably what this nightmare is about, especially since you've been having it since age three. Uh, you're now 35, as you mentioned. Um, uh, there was something else that made me think that. I mean, it's just, I, th I feel like, well, yeah, just, just the fact that you bother to mention 
that the you know the mannequins are different skin colors and you bother to mention that your parents uh, have different skin colors as well like you seem to be whether you're aware of it or not it seems like you're kind of piecing the nightmare together like, like in the information that you're choosing to share that isn't about the nightmare itself i feel like you're sort of subconsciously producing your own interpretation of the nightmare i kind of use that a lot like I, you know earlier in the stream i did with um uh, the person who was talking about their mom you know waked up uh, she screamed herself awake when she was five and her mom came into the room and i think that that her mom's response and the fact that she chose to share that um, indicates that that could have even been what her nightmare was about right it's just like the the lack of you know needs so again uh take what you will with that i don't really know i'm just doing my best here but i think that that is how i would interpret that nightmare uh hope you enjoyed hope you got something out of that at the very least um and I think I'm going to end the stream there. These are all some very intense, really great nightmares tonight, um, but very intense and kind of tough for me to talk about, it, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm just going to quit while I'm ahead. Great, uh, great interview, though. Uh, that'll be uploaded, just the interview, in about 15 minutes. Uh, so you can look forward to watching that. And what else? Yeah, oh, so tomorrow... I'm interviewing someone with sleep paralysis, or I should be. I had planned last week to interview someone with sleepwalking last Monday, um, and then that fell through, unfortunately. But hopefully sleep paralysis comes through tomorrow. I think it'll be good. Uh, so hopefully next week we can have another interview. Uh, if not, I don't know what the topic will be. As usual, send your nightmares if you have them to theforgottengrove at gmail.com. And until next time embrace the beautiful dark.